It shimmered onto a clear bottle standing empty on the table, refracting in a kaleidoscope of colours. My attention flew to Tyler. He stood near the door with his back pushed up against the wall. He caught me studying him, and I knew the moment he closed his eyes against me that he'd been drinking, and heavily. The hairs on my neck and limbs stood at attention, like tiny needles piercing my skin from the inside out. It was a warning, a neon sign buzzing with electricity, glowing red in the black of night. How could Tyler protect me if he was drunk? I took several calming breaths and crammed my feet into my shoes without untying them. The front doorknob rattled. Someone was trying to enter. Ty backed away in my direction and pushed me toward the rear of the room. With a sudden blast, the door exploded inward. A man dressed in black stood silhouetted in the light, pouring through splintered frame. He held a gun in his hand and lowered it in our direction. There was a quick flash and a muted thwack as dust exploded from the wall near my head. Hannah, get down! Ty screamed as he pushed me to the floor. Explosions of light and sound were tossed back and forth, an exchange of bullets between the gunman and Ty. Tyler fell back on top of me, his gun still raised in his hand. Then the gunfire ended as quickly as it began. A sulfurous odor weighed heavily in the wispy cloud of gun smoke hovering in the air. Tyler jumped to his feet, his weapon trained on the intruder's head. He stood over the wounded stranger who moaned and writhed on the floor. Ty kicked the gun from his hand, then picked it up, holding it up to the light streaming through the open doorway. The shape was abnormally long, as if it had a silencer attached to the barrel. A sure sign this was no simple robbery. The intruder struggled to his knees, blood dribbling from his mouth as he cursed in a foreign language. Tyler took a step back and pointed the gunman's own weapon at his head. Don't do it, he warned, though the gun trembled in his hand. The man pulled a knife from his boot and surged forward in a quick blur. Ty jumped back, turned his head and fired a single round all in the same instant. A red mist sprayed onto the wall behind the intruder while a small trickle of blood oozed from his forehead. He fell over onto his side, his body convulsing in jerky spasms. Brain matter lay in globs amid the torrent of blood draining from the back of his head, staining the tattered carpet beneath him. I gasped at the sight of the man being killed, though I knew in all likelihood he had come looking for me. Ty, who was strangely calm, turned to face me. He met my terrified gaze and ordered me to grab my things. We both charged around the room, picking up our meager belongings, stepping over the body of the now-dead gunman. We dashed out of the door and scrambled into the BMW. The tires screeched as we retreated from the motel parking lot, heading south onto the darkened highway. Though we were both breathing heavily as we made our escape, we remained otherwise silent. My body hummed, my muscles charged as if a current buzzed through me. I began to shake all over. I clasped my hands tight between my knees and breathed in deep through my nose and out through my mouth. Tyler was still as a starfish. For a while, the adrenaline kept him focused on the dark and winding road ahead. But as time distanced us from the ugly scene we'd left behind, his driving became erratic. He groaned in pain, wincing as he ran his hand over his right shoulder. Oh my God, Ty, are you hurt? I asked, frightened at the possibility. Pull over, pull over right now. No, I'm fine. We can't afford to slow down now. 
his eyes rocked back and forth between the road and the rearview mirror. I don't know who else might be behind us. Oh, for God's sake, it won't matter who's behind us if we crash. Now pull over. I was alarmed at the difficulty he had control in the car and terrified that he might be more seriously injured than he was letting on. Tyler, please. He relented and took the next turn off, checking the mirrors for anyone who might be pursuing us. Satisfied that no one followed, he turned right and drove down an isolated roadway for several miles until I urged him to stop. Finally, he pulled over and cut the engine. Do you need help getting out? I asked as I climbed from the car and headed for the trunk. He didn't answer, just climbed out on his own, though he drew in a deep breath and clenched teeth. Come back here so I can take a look, I ordered. I opened the small toolbox built into the trunk lid and pulled out a flashlight. Ty's leather jacket was torn and stained near his shoulder.